You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. We want to welcome everyone to another edition of the Superhero Education Podcast. We have one of my favorite, favorite, favorite educators along with, along with us today. Uh, we have Celeste Ochanagor and, 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 and Steve. This is, this is one person we've been waiting to interview. Uh, Ms. Ochanagor, Steve is going to tell you how how you come highly requested, and he hears a lot of my stories about you, all good stuff, mm-hmm. um, but we're, we're super excited to have you on, and uh, Steve, you want to say hello to Ms. Lachanagor? Sure, we're, Celeste, we're glad you're here with us. Actually, you Thank were you. one of the few people that we highlighted in our book, Superhero Educator, and we're a prominent portion of our book, you were listed as a superhero educator in what you've been doing, uh, transforming students' lives. So we thank you for uh, being part of this with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, so Ms. Ochanagor, this is going to be a little bit weird because I probably know half your responses, and I'm okay. probably going to try, try to find some things I don't know. And okay. Steve and I are just going to tag team questions. But, but Ms. Ochanagor, we know you work for NPS. We're not going to say the individual school, but you work for NPS. Yeah. Uh, tell us your journey. Like, how did you get to where you are to be this great educator that you are right now? Just tell us a little bit of wow. your journey. My journey has been a little bit different. I came into NPS as a secretary. And um, from being a secretary, I used to help children in the classroom, in the um, office when they would come in. And the principal there suggested I become a teacher, so I went and took the classes, and I became an educator. And um, I've been be- doing the education field for now about 15, 15 years. Now, 15 years, the last five years, six years going on, I have been the instructional coach or school support teacher. And with oh. that, I just help with the um, with making sure the staff is is successful. And the children also are, are meeting goals. Now, Ms. Ochanago, we have people from across the country listening, all through Wisconsin, public and private schools. Okay. Before Steve asks his question, just explain what an instructional support teacher is, because some, some other district or place may use different terminology. Okay. Well, basically, it started off as an instructional coach. And with the instructional coach, you mentor teachers and you um, just speak to them and encourage them, help them with analyze data, help them with best strategies and practices for their classroom. A few years ago, um, the instructional coach part for, for NPS has become school support teacher. So the instructional coaching part is still added onto that, but you also have like the school implementer port, portion that we take care of, the, um, all of the testing and assessments, we're in charge of all of that. And basically anything that would support teachers and help them become um, better educators or more equipped with the things that they need, such as resources and everything, we do all of that to support teachers. 
That's so, so we use the word MPS has been used. That stands for Milwaukee Public Schools. So we're talking yeah. about Milwaukee Public Schools here, but it really transfers uh, to all, all schools. So what, what's the number one gift you feel you have? This is hard because we're, uh, I know you're humble by nature, but what's the number one gift you have that you're able to reach students uh, so positively? Um, I think it would be meeting them where they are. And, and they know that I, have a, I build a good relationship with them and have high expectations. And I meet them where they are and help them feel successful and help them get there. Now, I, mm -hmm. I know you, and I know there's more to it than that. So <laughs> I'm going to double down on Steve's question. Because someone listening right now is, yeah, this, this is great. You got this person, mm -hmm. she's high-powered. But I struggle with relationships with students. I'm, I'm having issues with that. I think Tongor's advice to, would be what? You have to learn your children, learn their background, learn what interests them, what they like, what they don't like. Um, with your having challenges with building the relationships because sometimes children have those non-teacher pleasing behaviors. You have to make sure that you can separate the behavior from the child and acknowledge the, per the child for who he or she is. And with that, you can address the behaviors in a, in a way that will help the child either um, transform that behavior or turn that behavior to something that the teacher would, would be able to do, would be, um, be pleased with. And just to form the relationship, you have to know your children. You have to know their backgrounds, talk to them about getting to know their families. I've attended basketball games with, with my children on weekends, um, oh, coach football. I've done some of everything just to get to know my children and to build relationships with them so they can know that we're all on the same team and we're all working to help them be successful. Can you teach that to somebody or is it just your personality and just how you are, are wired or can you teach that skill set to somebody else and, and make them better? I actually think it can be taught. It's, it's a, just a matter of getting to know your children and using that when you're having conversations with them. You can use it when you're creating lessons for them. Once you know your children, you know what their interests are and what they like and what they don't like. That's a, um, a segue into providing meaningful lessons and things that will keep them engaged and interested. I think that's something that can be taught. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate, Miss Ochana Gore. Okay. I, I've been teaching... I've been teaching longer than you have, Miss O'Chan, before. <laughs> yeah. And my lesson plans haven't changed in 20 years. Yeah. But my lesson plans are solid because I got a degree. I keep my license up to date. All this building relationships with students, that's for those new teachers. That's not for a veteran like me. What would you do with that educator? I guess I would ask how your children have progressed each year. And um, let's look at some data or something to support that you feel that your children are still making success based on what you're teaching them. And if that's something that we can look at, we can go further from there. So where does diversity of ethnicity come in? So when we're talking Milwaukee public schools, we're t I, I'm not sure the percentage. I know it's a high percentage of students of color. 
so where does uh, ethnicity of diversity come in with effectiveness? How does that play out? I think that's just a, a matter of being culturally responsive to your children and their needs. And um, sometimes we, we are challenged because shoot, teachers have, they don't really understand when they are biased or something against a child based upon their culture. So the diversity part comes in as far as educators knowing you, knowing yourself and knowing where your implicit biases are and how you can use that to best educate the child. So just knowing when, when you're having um, your own personal issues that you can't use to um, educate a child. So if you come from a, a background that's different from mine, you have to learn about me and learn about my background in order to try to um, educate me, if that makes sense. Sure. And if you're not willing to do that, then there'll be some stumbling block or some obstacle that, that you yeah. may not reach all students. Yeah, that is true. Uh, black, black teachers better with black students, Latino students better with, or teachers better with Latino students, white teachers better with white students. What are your thoughts on that? I'm not in agreement with that. I think everybody has the capacity to teach anybody. It's just a matter of um, how you are willing to relate to who, who you're instructing. I would agree with that. All right. And then trying to get up to that cultural competency piece of uh, right. and awareness is important. Right. So Ms. Otanagor, let me double down yeah. on what Steve just asked you. I'm gonna ask you in a different way. Because okay. in my mind, I'm thinking of people we both know when I ask you this question. Okay. So I'm gonna ask it a different way. I am white, it's a two-part question. I am white, I'm teaching kids that aren't white, there's no way I can relate to them. That's the first half of the question. I'm putting you in a hot seat on this one. Okay. The second question, <laughs> second half of that is, I am black, I'm already culturally relevant. So all that stuff you're saying, you go tell to somebody else. Okay, so as far as education, even if you're being black and being culturally relevant, sometimes you're not the best person to educate those children because of your approach and how you, how you come about instructing children. And even if you're white and you have no idea, you, you can, it's, it's the same problem, how you come to the children and how you, how you provide the instruction does make a big, big difference, whether you're black or white. It's that building relationships and understanding your children and where they, where they are and treating them with um, respect and just telling them that you, you know, believe in them, a mutual respect that you have for them. Right, right. That's what and makes I'm you a fine. superhero educator. Because <laughs> sometimes there's some misperceptions out there that yeah. if you're Black, you have this inherited advantage teaching black kids. Right. Or if you're white, there's no way it's going to work because you're different from the kids. And you're saying it's about the relationship regardless yeah. of the race. Yeah. So your journey, you came in as an administrative assistant. Then you worked yeah. your way through 
because someone said, someone saw you in action and said, this is good. You need to be working with students every day. How do we do that? How do we get more teachers like you? How do, how do we, there's a crisis of having high quality teachers across in our, in our urban schools across the nation. How do we get more teachers like you? That's a good question. I really don't have an answer for that one. I think to be able to, well, I never planned on going into teaching. I planned on being a nurse. So <laughs> teaching just kind of fell into my lap when I was um, being an administrative assistant for NPS. And I think if you have that drive and that love and you're willing to do what it takes to, to, to educate children, then I'd say those are the people we need. But sometimes everybody that chooses teaching, teaching did not choose them. And sometimes that's a hard pill for people to accept once you've gone through school and everything and you're still trying to do it. Sometimes it's just not the best choice for you. But if you really have that drive and that motivation and you're willing to do what it takes to, to really reach your children and form those relationships and, and provide the high quality education, then I think you, you could do it. But I can't tell you how to find them because I don't know. Mm -hmm. You brought up drive. Now, I've had offline conversations with you about drive. I've mm -hmm. had offline conversations with Steve about drive. So it'll be interesting to hear you talk about that with Steve and myself. So, so kind of the same thing he asked you earlier. Is, is drive something that's in you or is drive something that's taught? Because one thing that's always stood out to me about you mm -hmm. is that your drive was different from most educators. And, and what I mean by that is one, one specific way would be when, kid, when most educators gave up on a kid, you wouldn't. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. Or, I don't believe in giving up on them. Or if someone, a, teacher, a certain teacher strategy didn't work, when most educators yeah. gave up, mm -hmm. you didn't. Right. And Or even with relationships with school administration or parents, when most educators gave up, you didn't. So walk us through that a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, I think for me, I, I take my job very seriously. And I've make, made a commitment to make sure that I'm giving my all and making sure that my children are going to be successful and their parents understand where I'm coming from and the best ways that I can help educate them. I'm not quite sure. I think just my, will, my desire to make sure that they're successful, I don't know where the drive comes from. But I know I feel like it's, it's in me to make sure that if, if you're my, my baby, one of my babies, one of my learners, I'm sorry, I call them my babies. But if you're one of my learners, then I'm going to do all I can to make sure that you're, you're successful in my classroom, whether it be behavior, whether it's increasing your attendance, if I need to call your mom and, hey, what's going on? And, you know, see if they need any help with getting you an alarm clock or somehow getting you to school. I try to make sure that. I have all grounds covered to ensure that my children are going to be successful. Let, let me ask one more follow-up before Steve asks a question. Mm -hmm. um, it's a statement and a follow-up. 
Um, okay. I can attest to everything Ms. O'Shaughnessy said. I've seen it. So listeners out there, she's just not saying all the things we we, we want to hear from her. She actually does it. Oh, so Ms. O'Shaughnessy, someone's out there. Someone's out there listening right now, saying, "You know what? This all sounds good. You guys found the most positive lady on the on the on the <laughs> earth. She never has any bad days." Um, Ms. O'Shaughnessy, how do you deal with stressful days? Because someone is listening right now. Ah, what what happens when it just don't work? So, Miss Miss O'Shaughnessy, what like how do you deal with days when things may not go your way? I um, usually chalk that day up as a day of reflection. So usually by the end of the day, I'm reviewing, seeing what happened, um, what could I could have happened, checking to see if I said or did anything wrong, um, if I made any missteps in it. And I try to not bring yesterday's behavior into the next day because each day we all start anew and we all get second chances to start over and do over. And I believe that is very necessary for us, especially in the educational field. You can't have a bad day with a child or an administrator and then carry that to the next day because it, it'll be a very devastating for you. And that's how all the trauma and stress starts to come on a person. So I usually try to just um, regroup, re reflect, and um, just get going for the next day. I try not to let it keep me down. And if I see something that will work for the next day, I will definitely write it down and try to try it again, try something that works better the next day. So what advice do you give to teachers who are struggling with, with certain students in their class and they carry that home with them or administrators that maybe aren't as supportive or they don't see as supportive um, or coworkers that get frustrating at times because maybe they don't have the same drive and that uh, teaching we know is very personal. What, what advice do you yeah. give the educators to, uh, to keep going, to, to keep having that inspiration? For my teachers, I tell them never take anything negative home. If, it, if you deal with that at the school, make sure you kind of work through it before you go home, unless you have a talking partner or thinking partner at home that you work it through. But usually I tell them never take it home because you don't want to um, bring that kind of stuff on your family. And as far as behaviors, when I'm coaching teachers, if they have a child that they say that this child is constantly doing such and such a thing, we, I try to work on decreasing the amount of, of behaviors that the child is doing. So if the child is yelling all day, how can we work to decrease that to a smaller amount, probably half the day? If you know the child's triggers, you know, once you learn a child, if you know the triggers, you try to prevent that from happening prior to that. Like I'll tell them to send a child on an errand or have them go pick up a, um, something from somewhere, have them grade papers or something if once you, once you see the child getting upset or just the behaviors becoming something that you're not, um, you're not pleased with. You can always change the behavior of the child. You just have to identify what triggers the child and then you have to know how to um, change the child's thought pattern before the behavior starts. Well, Eugene, you want to go or I can ask a follow-up question with that as well. Oh, I got you. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. 
So, Mr. Chandler, <laughs> you've seen yeah. you've seen a lot. Yeah. And you're 15. No, you've been in more than 15 years. You've been in here almost as long as I have. But you've seen a lot amongst your years. Yeah. What would you consider to be your biggest challenge? And what's one thing you haven't accomplished in the education field that you would like to accomplish? I think my biggest challenge is not knowing when to let go. And I say that because I want all of my children to be successful. And sometimes what I want, because I am not an administrator, what I want to see happen and what I think can make an impact could be different from my, my leader's vision. So um, if my administrator has a vision that's different than mine, I can't push my own. I have to, to learn how to, to go with whatever my administrator wants. And even if I see something that doesn't work and I want to try it again and they don't, I have to learn how to accept the fact that sometimes it's just not going to go that way. And what was the second part of the question? Um, your, what's one thing you want to accomplish that you haven't accomplished yet in your career? I think my next step is I want to be an administrator. And I think I have a lot of ideas of how I can help a school be successful. And I would like to try to put that in place to in a school to see all of our children succeed. Outstanding. One of the dangers that, that I see happening when we talk about a large urban school district like Milwaukee, People are referencing really a deficit model. They're looking at uh, whether it's Chicago, Milwaukee, LA, DC. They're talking about these urban school districts with a really deficit model. And, and I think that's really damaging to uh, the students and education. So the phrase will go, uh, that's really terrible schools, um, students out of control. So they're really paraphrasing and saying general statements to really talk about hundreds of thousands of students and, and teachers and administrators. How do we, what, what do you see as the joy of, of teaching in a, in a large urban district like Milwaukee? What, what's the joy? Because I think we need to flip the, the narrative from a deficit to this is, this is really joyful work and, and great to be in an urban school district. Right. I think our children are our greatest investments. And for me, I love seeing the children succeed. I'm on a point now where I see the, the light in the teacher's eyes when I'm coaching them. And I love seeing that also. And seeing them transfer that to their children is just absolutely amazing, whether it be behavior-wise, whether it be academics, whether it be social. I love seeing the, the shift and the transformation in the education of our children and the children taking ownership of their education and enjoying it. I think that's not spoken about a lot. And even going from school to school within our same district, it's the same narrative. You don't hear it being spoken of a lot. 
and I've gone to different schools and, and I've heard ch children asking questions about their education and taking their education seriously and taking it on and challenging the teachers to give them more and to push them harder. And those are things that are never talked about. We have children that are, they want more. They want to learn more. And we, we need to, we need, actually, we need resources to help. But that narrative is not out there that, that we are really, um, we have children who are thriving. And it's more of the children who are thriving than those who are not, not displaying positive behaviors. But the ones who display negative behavior seem to be the ones that are out there more, which is kind of sad. It is. It is. Miss O'Chanagor, now I know a lot of the great stuff you do. Mm -hmm. But I want our listeners to know some specifics. You're, you're one, of more, one of the more creative people I know. So let's just talk about some of the things that you're actually doing and you've pulled off and it's been successful. It's probably so Ooh. much that I don't know. <laughs> you're, gonna have, you're gonna have trouble pulling out the sky, but let's start with the purple pen. Oh and yeah. Did talk about things you're doing academically or behaviorally. Um the the aquaponics, like just 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 we want you to brag on yourself so other people can actually hear the stuff. Okay. Well, my purple pen strategy is, um, I think I gave you a lot of purple pens at one point. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I was like, what's going on? I don't have any purple pens. You better go back up there. <laughs> so my purple pen strategy is um, when you have a child that's having those non-teacher pleasing moments and you, before they get started and start to disrupt the class, you just send them on an ear. I love purple pens, so I would always send them to the office to get a purple pen. And um, the office knew that they were coming down there for a pen, and they would just stall for a little bit to, you know, to like calm down a little bit, and then find the pen and just bring it. And usually, by the time the child gets back up to the classroom, the behavior is much better, and they don't really understand why they were sent down there, which is good because that's just the way we have of of working with one another. So that's my purple pen strategy. The aquaponics room, I actually applied for a grant for our school to have the aquaponics room put in. And that was just a, a great way for a STEM project to, to take place. In the aquaponics system, we, um, we had the fish, and with the fish, we also planted vegetables to watch them grow. And the whole system worked together, and it was self-sustaining, and the fish helped um, get the plants growing. So that's what that what we did there. For my current teachers, I know this year I made um, lesson plan books because a lot of teachers didn't have lesson plan books. And our new new teachers, we don't want them spending a lot of money, so I did make their make the lesson plan books for them. I created um, something called MOS, which is Measures of Success, and those are folders, the MOS folders for our children. And in those folders, the children actually have uh, all of their scores because we did monthly progress monitoring. So I created a form so they can actually track their own progress and they can goal set. And the great thing about that is the children love their MOS folders. And if the teachers were not doing them with the children, the children would definitely come and let me know, telling me that they wanted to know their scores and they wanted to set goals. So I think that worked out really well for our children because they loved 
having their folders. They love putting their own work in there and being accountable for that. Is that it? Love I can't it. think of anything else. I love it. See, Dr. Gurner, this is why we had, see, Steve, it's why we had to have her on here. Yes, we, uh, I love hearing it because this is great for, for new teachers. This is good for experienced teachers. We have time for two more questions. I'll ask a question and then uh, Eugene can wrap it up. Okay. The question I have is, is new teachers, is students actually studying to be a teacher? So I'm in college, I'm in my first, second year. What is the best advice? I'm in my first or second year of college and I wanna be a teacher. What would you say to those students out there? I would suggest you visit schools and um, volunteer and learn all you can, even while you're in there going to, to classes yourself. Good. I think I like it would, that. It would be a, yeah. Immerse yourself in the, in the culture, right. in the schools, in the community. Thank you. Right. Yeah. See, Steve gave you the easy questions. I'm not doing that, Mr. <laughs> Tongo. I'm giving you the hard one. Okay. I'm going to reverse that question. That was a softball question. Okay. Here's my question. Veteran teachers, teachers who've been teaching mm -hmm. longer than you've been in the district, mm -hmm. who have lost their love, how do you help them rekindle the love for teaching? You model it. I have one teacher this year. Actually, it's, well, I've had a couple of teachers. But you give the teachers that I find that, that are unwilling to shift. I ask them if I can go in and model a few lessons for them and for their classroom. And then I ask them to um, take notes of what I'm doing to help me figure out if there are things that I can do better or things that I probably need to work on. And while I'm in there, I'm modeling new strategies, um, student engagement, expectations to get the, um, for positive behavior for the children. And so I'm modeling all of these things while I'm in there. And the teachers have to be in there and they take notes. And I've done that a few times. And what I've now is that um, one of the classrooms now for the past couple of years, she's using the strategies that I've shared with, with, with her classroom, and she's using a lot of the resources that I, I put in there. So that was really good to know. And she even asked me for new ones this year. And that was one person that I thought I could never get to budge. And I have another teacher who's slowly coming around because she would not let her children use technology. But when I showed different things, I went in there and modeled with the classroom with different forms of technology and having them do assessments through Flipgrid and they're um, reviewing their work and sharing. She really got into the technology part. So her kids are doing technology a little bit more. So I think in order to get a teacher to, to shift a little bit, you have to actually go in there and do it a few times and let them see that it's nothing that's going to harm them or the children and let them see the excitement on the children's faces as they're participating. And that usually tends to, for me, that usually tends to get the teachers more interested in doing and shifting a little bit. Oh man, I'm loving this conversation. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, Miss Ochanagor, and you're, <laughs> you're, 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 giving, you're giving nuggets for our listeners. And as Steve said, from our, from our new teachers to experienced mm -hmm. teachers, like you're saying things that's going to benefit all of us. So we, we yeah. definitely appreciate you. Thank My you. last piece is not a question, but I want, I want you to brag a little bit 
and 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 I want you to share some information because if I don't ask you, I know you're not going to do it. Okay. You have a website where there's resources, motivation, yes. there's documents. Yes. I want you to sell that to our listeners so we can get you some traffic on your site. Okay. Well, my website is called teacher.er.com, so teacher-er.com. And on that website, is, I'm still working on it, but I will have resources for um, all, all areas of the curriculum, um, probably some behavior incentives, uh, curriculum, just little, lots of resources that I'll have on there, just little blogs, little notes about things I'll have on there. I think I have some, some items on there now, but I don't have a lot yet. And then my um, Facebook is Teacher ER also. And on that one, I do do encouraging those. Um, I offer a lot of strategies and tips on there. And just a little bit of motivation and encouraging words for, for um, people, parents. And I have parents and, um, and educators on that, on my site, both sites. All right, so on Facebook is Teacher ER. And mm-hmm. on the website is teacher-er.com. We want everyone to go to teacher-er.com. Uh, check out Miss Ochanagore's work. Miss Ochanagore, we definitely thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for having me. Superhero Education Podcast. You're one of our favorite educators, so we had to get you in one of the first first interviews. I'm sure Steve gets tired of me talking about all the good stuff you're doing at your school. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I tell Steve all the time, there's nobody that's more effective than you. Now, I, oh, I, we, thank we, you. So I, I do tell him that quite often, and it's just been a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, we're going to wish you uh, a strong end of the school year, because we know you still have a little bit of time left, mm-hmm. and we definitely want to um, get you on the show again down the road. But we definitely thank you. Uh, we know your time is busy, and it's teacher bedtime now for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> thank All you right, so, so much. Gonna... Okay, thank, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're going to let you go. That's Miss Ochanagor, okay. everybody. Uh, TeacherER.com, Milwaukee Public Schools, one of the best in the business. And on that note, we'll see you later, Miss Ochanagor. Okay, thank you. You guys have a great day. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator.